Well, good afternoon. It is not easy to follow what we experienced already this morning, uh, but I do believe God has truth for us. But we need His help, so let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we Father, our hearts have rejoiced. Some, perhaps many of our hearts have wept with joy. For you have come and you have changed us and you have cleansed us and you have washed us and you have made us stand in your presence. When once we were guilty, once, once we were lost, once we were unworthy, for Lord, though you found worth in us to love us, it was not a worth of our own. It was not a worthiness, for we are unworthy, undeserving. But you gave us worth. You, you poured into us worth because of your love and your glory and your mercy and your kindness. And you have made us rich, new creations in Christ Jesus. So we worship you. And Father, on, on this day that marks an event that happened 15 years ago, O oh Lord, on this day that causes us to remember such great tragedy and such great hostility ever since. When we're reminded that we live in a world that is ever so broken and ever so desperately needy and full of dangers, toils, and snares. And yet, Lord, here we are safe. Here we are alive. Here we are in Christ. Here we are destined for glory. Lord, when we're reminded of all these things, we cannot help but praise you. We cannot help but bow our heads and hearts and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, Lord, minister to us through your word. Please speak. Speak words we need to hear. For, Lord, we always need to hear your word. We always need to hear your truth. Help us, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. And so today is 9-11. In one sense, I don't need to say any more, do I? It's, it's an odd thing. It's a strange thing when two simple numbers placed side by side carry such clear and obvious and universal meaning for everyone who hears them. On this date, 15 years ago, our world changed in many ways. There was a war declared. I remember saying to Gaylene shortly thereafter that our world would never be the same and that the war that had begun would last easily 50 years and perhaps longer. Because we are facing an enemy we do not really understand 
an enemy we seem hardly able to see, an enemy that hates us with a fierceness and a violence that we can hardly imagine, an enemy that will use any tactic that will kill any victim, that will maim or destroy any person of any age or any race or any status, so long as it creates more fear, so long as it leads to cowardice or unbelief or hatred or surrender, and an enemy that, to all appearances, to our eyes, simply won't go away. Just won't go away. But friends, that warfare and hostility that we call to mind in hearing the numbers 9-11 does not even begin to compare to the kind of warfare and hostility that the Apostle Paul speaks of in Ephesians chapter 6. Paul says here, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We are up against an enemy, an enemy to our souls. We are fighting a war for the human soul. We are fighting a war for our own soul. We are fighting a war for the soul's of others, and without even realizing it, I think we have an enemy that we don't really understand. We have an enemy that we can't really see, an enemy that hates us with a fierceness and a violence that we can hardly imagine, an enemy that will hide anywhere, that will wear any mask that will devise any strategy, that will scheme in any evil way possible, that will use any tactic, that will kill any victim. We have an enemy to our souls that we need by the grace of God to be ready to face, courageous to fight, and confident in God that we will be able to stand. This is the message of Ephesians 6. And I would like this morning or afternoon, I would like to focus on just one verse here. It's verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. That's that's God's word to us here today. That is what God wants us to hear. I am confident that this is how God would encourage us. God would strengthen us. God would awaken us. God would prepare us. God would enable us to fight the good fight of faith. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Paul's Paul's verse here comes in the context of the whole text that Rodney just read for us, Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 20, which we're going to look at over these next five or six weeks. And if if I were to summarize all that this text says in just one fairly brief sentence, well, it's a long sentence, brief paragraph, it's one sentence, not really a paragraph, but in any case, if I were to summarize it as briefly as I could, here's what I would say. Because we live in an evil day, occupied by the evil one, 
Because we live in an evil day occupied by the evil one, we need to stand firm in the fight. We need to stand firm in the fight by abiding in God's strength and putting on his armor. That's Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. Because we live in an evil day, occupied by the evil one, we need to stand firm in the fight by abiding in his strength and putting on his armor. That's Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 20. We need to abide in his strength and put on his armor so that we can stand firm, stand firm in this evil day. There's, there's two imperatives, two commandments in Ephesians 6, two primary ones. They're found in verse 10 and verse 11. Verse 10, be strong in the Lord. Verse 11, put on the whole armor of God. Do you want to stand in this evil day? Do you want to stand firm? Do you want to fight the good fight? Do you want to finish the race? You, you want to get through the battleground that's called life and get to the other side and go home to glory? Then we must be strong in the Lord and we must put on the whole armor of God. We're going to talk about the armor of God in the next few weeks. This morning or this afternoon, simple message, simple message. My outline, three simple points. Our call to strength, our need for strength, and our source of strength. All in one verse. Our call to strength, our need for strength, and our source of strength. First of all, our call to strength. Look at verse 10. Be strong in the Lord. Literally, it could read, be strengthened in the Lord. Because the strength actually comes from outside of us. We, don't, we are not strong ourselves, but we are to be strengthened. Something needs to happen to us. We need to be strengthened. But it is an imperative. It is a commandment, which means that our God and our Father is saying to us, you need to be strengthened. You need to receive this strength. You need to embrace this strength. You need to live in the good of this strength. And my friends, I find that encouraging. It's a commandment, but it's a commandment that gives us a ton of hope. Because it means I don't have to be weak. It means I don't have to cave. It means I don't have to be defeated. It means I don't have to yield to the enemy's strength or to the enemy's schemes or to the enemy's devices. It means I don't have to live as a debilitated, weak, frail Christian. There is strength available and I can choose it. That's what it's about. Be strong. That means you can choose it. You're not helpless, you're not a passive victim, you can stand up in the face of whatever you're facing in life and be strong in the Lord. This is a call to strength that is a, is a commandment, but we have to choose to obey it if we're willing. Are you willing to be strong? 
That's a strange question. Who wouldn't be? There are people who aren't willing to be strong. Remember in John chapter 5, Jesus meets a lame man who's been lame for 38 years. And Jesus approaches him and asks the question, do you want to be healed? What a strange question. Who wouldn't want to be healed? There are people who don't want to be healed. There are people who are so comfortable with the status quo. They're so comfortable with things as they are. They're even so comfortable with their weakness, with their frailty, with their failures. The idea of being healed or strong to face those things and fight those things and defeat those things, well, they'd rather be weak. And so this commandment gives us a choice. Do you want to be strong? Do you want to live in the strength that God provides? Then you need to choose it. You need to go after it. That's Paul's message to us. That's the call to strength. Be strong in the Lord. Do not see yourself as a helpless, passive victim. See yourself as someone who has strength available and choose it. So why? Why do we need it? What is the need for strength? Look at the text. And I want us just to glance down at verse 13. Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Why do you need strength? Because God wants you to stand firm. He wants you to keep your feet under you. He wants you to stand against the things that are going on around us, the things that are going on inside of us. He wants us to stand firm and stand strong. To expand that a little, a little bit further, why do we need this strength? Because we need to stand firm in the middle of war in the middle of war. There's, there's three things, and we're going to look at this more next week, but there's three things this text teaches us. The devil is active, the time is dark, and the day is evil. The devil is active. Look at verses 11 and 12. For put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. The devil is active. There is an, a supernatural being that exists, not God, not equal with God, nowhere near equal with God. God could squish him in a second. God is infinitely higher than this being, but this being is much higher than us. And this being, the devil, Satan, is active. He is at work. We look around us, don't we? We see people, we see problems, we see politicians, we see war, we see ISIS, we see this, we see that, and we, we, we get caught up in it all. We watch the news, we, we get caught up in it all. Brothers, sisters, friends, that's not our problem. Our problem really is the one who's behind it all. We're not fighting ISIS. We're not fighting each other. 
We're, we're fighting against a power that is influencing the world, a power that in many ways is controlling the vast majority of human beings on this planet. The devil is active and the time is dark. Paul calls it this present darkness. There is a darkness that is hovering over the world. There is a darkness that is deepening. There is a darkness that is deadening. There is a darkness, a present darkness. That's why we need strength. That's why we need to stand firm. We're at war and the day is evil. Down in verse 13, Paul says that he wants us to stand in the evil day in the evil day. That word evil speaks of just corruption and depravity and human sin and fallenness. It's an evil day. Now that, that's almost, a the, it is a theological concept in the New Testament that really actually refers to the day, the period of time from when Jesus went up into heaven and when Jesus comes back. We're in the last days, which are evil days. And in 2 Timothy chapter 3, Paul says to us, understand this, that in the last days, there will come times of difficulty for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Does that sound familiar? That's the day we're living in. That's our day. We must see this. It's an evil day and we must stand firm. And so in order to stand firm, we must be strong. But you say, how in the world? How, how can, I, mean, I, I don't know if you ever stop thinking. I'm six feet, I used to be six feet, four inches tall. Doctor just told me recently it's down to six feet, three and a quarter inches tall. The extra inch or half, three quarters of an inch went in this direction, I think. But the, you know, I've thought about, about, about 6'3 and 200 plus pounds. And I thought about how often in my life I've been walking down a sidewalk and this little teeny tiny pedal, pebble is on the sidewalk and I step on the thing just wrong, and I nearly go for a tumble. You know, this little tiny thing, or if you ever think about the flu, you know, this microscopic germ gets into this massive body, and it just wipes me right out. There's, there is, you know what, I forgot what I was going to say with that point. <laughs> it's warm in here. There was a point, it was brilliant too. <laughs> You're gonna have to take my word for it. There was a point there. All right. I have no idea what it was, but it was a good story. So, nope. <laughs> 
Why do we need strength? Because we are at war. And God wants us to stand firm. Maybe that was the point. It just takes a little thing to make us stumble. But we're not up. I'm going to say that was the point. I wanted to make. Yeah. But we're not just having a few pebbles along the way. There is a mighty force at work against us. The devil is active. The time is dark. The day is evil. And you say, how? Yeah, how am I? Oh, now I, I got the point I was going to say. How am I? How am I going to stand against such an enemy? How, how am I, this tiny pebble of a human being, how am I going to stand against such a power of darkness? That's why we need to look at the source of our strength. The source. The source of our strength is described in verse 10. Be strong. How? Where? In the Lord. And in the strength of His might. There's the double source of our strength. We are to be strong in the Lord. We're getting to the end of Ephesians now, but by now, those who have been with us from the start will know that the theme of the book of Ephesians is what? In Christ. Being in Christ. What does it mean to be a Christian? It means that you have repented of your sin, you've turned away from a life without God, and you have realized that Jesus and Jesus alone can save you from hell and wrath and sin, and you have trusted in him to be your savior. And as soon as you believed in Christ, you became in Christ. You were put in union with Christ so that all that Christ has and all his power and all of his wealth and all of his riches and all of his glory is now shared by us. We get to participate in all these things in Christ. This is the message of Ephesians. And at the end of the letter, as he tells us to go to war with the enemy, he says, remember this. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong knowing that you are in union with Jesus Christ, knowing that you are in the Savior. This is the theme of Ephesians. This must be the theme of our life. Amen. This morning, I was, I was just reflecting on this again, and I thought, you know, let me, let me, let me pull all the in phrases of Ephesians together and just kind of create a, a, about a two-minute uh, meditation. Just, just listen. This, this is what we have and who we are in Christ. We are blessed. This is just Ephesians in review, our last year in review in about two minutes. Here we go. You ready? We are blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. We are chosen by God in Christ. We are adopted by God in Christ. We are redeemed from hell in Christ. We are forgiven of our sins in Christ. We are a part of a cosmic redemption in Christ. We are heirs of heaven in Christ. We have hope 
in Christ. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit in Christ. We are given wisdom and knowledge in Christ. We are gloriously rich in Christ. We are made powerful in Christ. We are made alive in Christ. We are raised from spiritual death in Christ. We are seated on heaven's throne in Christ. We are wealthy in God's grace and kindness in Christ. We are God's workmanship created in Christ. We are brought near to God in Christ. We are part of a new humanity comprised of all races in Christ. We are reconciled to God in Christ. We are given access to the Father in Christ. We are built together as one temple in Christ. We are sharers of all of God's promises in Christ. We are displayers of God's manifold wisdom in Christ. We are bold and confident before God in Christ. We are loved with a measureless love in Christ. We are receiving more than we can ask or imagine in Christ. We are one body in Christ. We are taught the truth in Christ. We are the light of the world in Christ. We are made a singing and thankful people in Christ. And we are the beloved bride of heaven in Christ. There we are. There we are. That's Ephesians for you. And Paul says, we are at war. And if you're going to be strong in the battle, you need to be strong in the Lord. You need to know who you are in Christ. You need to know what you have in Christ. You cannot be strong against an enemy far stronger than you unless your heart is grounded in the realities of the gospel, unless your heart is grounded in who Jesus is and what he has done for you and where you stand in him. You cannot fight in this evil day unless you are in Christ and you know it, and you know it. Some of you came in this morning not in Christ. And you're trying to do life in this nasty old world on your own. And you're finding out you've got nothing. And you know what? You've got nothing. You've got nothing. Ah, but Jesus is everything. Jesus is everything. And Jesus offers himself to you. He says, you want to be strong? You want heaven? You want to be changed? You want forgiveness? You want redemption? You want hope? You want to be sealed and secured in the Father's love? You want to live forever? You want to sit on heaven's throne? You want to be light in the world instead of part of the darkness? Then repent of your sins. Turn away from your life without Jesus and come running to Jesus. And he will receive you and he will welcome you and he will say, come, come weary and heavy laden. You who are lost and in the darkness, come into the light. Come see me, Jesus said, and take my yoke upon you. You'll find it's, oh, it's ever so sweet. It's ever so light. It's ever so wonderful. You can, right here, you, you walked in, in the dark. You can walk out in the light. All you need to do is bend the knees of your heart before the Lord Jesus Christ. And say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I need you to be my Savior. And he will, just like that. He will. If you 
sincerely trust in him, he will radically and permanently and lastingly and eternally transform you. That's the promise of the gospel. Whether you're an unbeliever believing it or a person believing it for the first time or you're a Christian of 60 years of faith, I'm here to tell you, you need to be strong in the Lord. And in the strength of his might. I don't know about you, but I, 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 have, to, I have to wrestle a little bit with that, with that phrase and the, the image. Be strong in the strength of his might. The strength of his might. Paul loves to do this. He, he loves to bring bunches of words together to, to impress us with what he's saying. So if you go back, just glance back to, to chapter 1 and just, just look at verses one through, uh, 16 through 23. You'll remember this, some of you, we preached through this months ago. But just chapter 1, verse 16, for this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, Remembering you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your heart enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and listen to this, what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head, as Lord over all things to the churches. Uh, what a text. What is that? Paul says, I'm praying for you. And this is what your pastors pray for you. That your eyes would be opened, that your eyes would be enlightened so that you would know what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints so that you would know the hope to which he has called you and so that you would know the immeasurable greatness of his power. Think of that collection of words. Immeasurable greatness of his power. Not your power, not my power, not even Satan's power, God's power. The power that created everything. The, the, the power that just spoke a word, a mere word, and the whole universe came into existence. A power that just has to think a thought and things come into being. That kind of power, that immeasurably great power. Notice what Paul said. The power by itself would be enough, right? I mean, if he just said, you know, I want you to know the power that is at work in you, that works for me. If it's the power of God at work, that works. But he didn't stop. He said, I want you to know the immeasurable power. The power that cannot be measured. The, the power that has no height to it or depth to it or breadth to it. The power that is endless and limitless. The power that is omnipotent. 
But it doesn't even stop there. It's not just the immeasurable power. It is the immeasurable greatness of his power. So it's not just immeasurable power, but it's great power that is immeasurably great. You think Paul is trying to get at something here? Brothers and sisters in Christ, there is a power at work in us in which we can be strong. There is a power at work in us infinitely greater than every power, human or demonic or the devil himself, every other power in the universe. He is far above, the text says. He is seated far above all principalities and powers, all the forces of hell are mere pawns and peons compared to him. He is Lord and he is king and he rules and he reigns. The Lord God omnipotent reigns. He reigns and he reigns in us and he reigns for us and he reigns over our enemies and he will reign until every one of his enemies is made his footstool. No wonder Paul is able to say, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. An old Puritan exhorts us to clothe ourselves with a heroic confidence in the power of God. Clothe ourselves with a heroic confidence in the power of God. Brothers and sisters, we need to clothe ourselves in God's power. We need to live in the good of His power. If you are tempted, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. If you are, if you're weary, you just feel like you're just, you're at the end of it. You can't go any further. Be strong. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. If you feel like the addictions and the bondage that's in your life are such that you, there's no way you can, you can gain victory over them, I am here to tell you that you can be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might, and he will give you victory. It may be a fight, it may be a long fight, but he will give you victory. And if you're here this morning, this afternoon, and you're, you're full of fear, you're watching the news, you're watching what's happening here in the States and abroad and you're just, you're full of fear. You're full of anxiety. Oh, my dear friend, be strong in the Lord. You're in union with Jesus Christ. You're in Him and all that He is and all that He has is yours. And be strong in the strength of His might. You have an omnipotence on your side. And if you're here this morning and your marriage is about to break up and you're, you're about to make choices that you know, down deep inside, you know God says are not the right choices. You want to run or you want to bolt. Oh, I'm here to tell you, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. That's the devil talking to you. That's the enemy. Face him down with the strength of God in union with Jesus Christ. Don't quit. Don't run. Don't quit. Don't run. Be strong in the Lord 
and in the strength of His might. We could go on, right? Every single person in this room has come in here this morning carrying something, battling something. Every one of us has had a moment or two this past week where we felt like quitting. We felt like giving up the fight. Like, what's the point? I keep losing. I keep failing. I... Paul says to us, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might and put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand firm in this evil day. As we close, I cannot help but sense that there are some here this morning who need Christ. They, they need Him for the first time. You just, you've never come to faith in Jesus and you need a Savior. Please don't leave here without talking with one of us so that we can help you understand how to come to faith in Christ and have a new life in Him. And if you're, if you're a believer and you came in discouraged and fearful and anxious and stressed out and, and, and just plain flat out exhausted, why don't you find somebody? Find somebody here and talk to them and pray with them before you leave this morning. Find encouragement and strength and fellowship with others and then go on your way, having been renewed and having been replenished by His grace. Let's not leave this here. Let's carry it with us this week as we face a world that opposes us and an enemy that hates us, but in a Savior who loves us, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, I do want to pray that those who need you will find you today. And those that have you will be replenished and strengthened in Jesus today for your glory. Amen.